Has anyone ever won three cups in five days? Why would you close a sports facility at the weekend? How can you, yes you, play football in the United States of America? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Youth Football Podcast on the Youth Football Scotland episode 5 today. As ever, I'm Adam Murray, your host, joined by Robbie McDonald. Unfortunately, once again, Robbie, um, it's been a, a big a big weekend for, for one of us, um, and that one of us isn't yourself. So I just want you to ask me all about how fantastic my weekend is, so that I can brag to all of our viewers about how much of a fantastic time I had. Yeah, exactly, Adam. You had a, a big role this weekend, a bigger bigger role than I've had. How did you get on at the PFA Awards? Um, well, yes, Robbie, thank you so much for kindly asking about the, the PFA Awards. I'm really glad you brought that one up, mate. Um, yes, I was lucky enough to be invited uh, to work at the PFA Scotland Player of the Year Awards. 2023, got to do some interviews with all of the, the award winners, do a wee red carpet. Um <clears throat> co-hosting gig that you'll get to see on the PFA channels very soon but enough of that there's only one thing I want to tell everybody about Robbie you've been quite outspoken about slaughtering my, my hair in times gone gone by but the main man the best here in Scotland Jota who was up for goal of the season Celtic winger Jota said that he likes the hair and he, he said you have good hair bro you have good hair that's what he said so uh, listen Robbie I, I'm not sure how your weekend went, but can you top that? That was a pretty, a pretty spot on impression from you there. <laughs> I know, I've, probably, I've, I've probably offended every person in Portugal with that horrific attempt, but I feel like he's just. Do you think he's just happy to find someone who's got equally as wild a haircut as himself? Do you know? What, I think I think game respects game, Robbie. Is is the phrase? And I, I, there's nothing wrong with two handsome men with fantastic haircuts appreciating each other. I'm I'm surprised he's he's lowered himself to your standards there. Do you think he deserved that go with the Eid award? Oh, absolutely not. Jo, I love you, mate, but absolutely not. Humphreys completely wrong. I, I <laughs> should, should have one of the biggest robberies in football. Yeah, yeah, it should have been Humphreys, but I think that's what happens when it's a, a, left a, a bit of a, a fan vote. But our opinions matter absolutely not. Um, anyway, we've got a big episode coming up. Um, we're gonna have two special guests on today. We're gonna have Mick McGlynn, who's a trustee of. Uh, of Blantyre Soccer Academy is going to come and speak to us about um, a really terrible increase in, in prices for facilities over at South Lanarkshire Council. Um, this, the, really providing a, a massive barrier to, to a lot of kids getting to play their football and for, for the upcoming season. So we'll hear more from that, uh, more about that from Mick, um, who's leading the protests against the, the South Lanarkshire facilities. Um, we'll also be hearing from Brad Roder from uh, Future Pro USA, um, Brad, fantastic guy and doing lots of great work. Um, they were Future Pro. Um, for those who don't know, Future Pro is uh, an agency that works with, with young scholars, um, young young football players across the UK looking to try and um, get themselves an education as well as a football career over in America. We'll also be hearing from Lewis, um, one of one of the former players associated with Future Pro U- uh, USA who has gone on to achieve some wonderful things uh, in the game over in the States. So can't wait to hear from those two, but before we get into that, Robbie, usual uh, a few wee things we've got to dis- discuss before that. That's going on in the youth football world. Before we get into the main topics, um, Scotland, Scotland 17s 
um, I'll be at the Euros. I think by the time this goes out, we might have already played France. But if, if you look at the group, France, Germany, Portugal, it is not looking good for the boys. No, that is absolutely ridiculous. Three powerhouses of European football. I think if the men's if the men's team got drawn against those three, you'd be expecting three defeats. And I think that may be the case for the under seventeens as well. But you never know. It gives a big a big opportunity for an upset and maybe take the pressure off the boys a bit. Some good players in that team, though. I know that um, that if you look at the names, yet yeah, the names are massive countries, and you would think, oh, we're going to go out there and get get battered. But if you if you look in that squad, you young Rory Wilson absolutely bangs him, and he's down at Aston Villa. But Bailey Rice has actually played for the Rangers first team, um, and in, in the squad, uh, there's, there's a number of names just just off the top of my head. I'm think, thinking of boys that are fantastic young players. I, I don't think we've got anything to fear here, Robbie. I mean. Yeah, you've you've had a chance to watch some of these boys play as well. Who, in particular, um, uh, impresses you? Yeah, you've mentioned them already, but I was at the Glasgow Cup final last week, and I think that obviously Rangers got beat on penalties, but Bailey Rice in the middle just that he just does seem like a cut above the rest of the players. He's a very, I think he's sixteen years old, and for a player of that age, he's so calm and composed, and can just. He just he doesn't look out of place in the in a first team setting, and I imagine that he could probably be one of the the mainstays in that team. Lennon Miller as well. I've seen. Oh, he's good. Him. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I, I watched. Good. I've watched him a couple of times. Um, I think when when Motherwell were going through that period where they had a lot of, a lot of boys injured, um, kind of towards the end of Hamill's tenure and the start of Kettlewell, I watched him quite a few times. Um, making substitute appearances. He's an absolute baller. Son of son of Lee Miller, of course. Well, legendary. Um. Scottish kind of journeyman striker, a f- fantastic player, and, and, and his boy looks to be quite the talent as well. So I, I would imagine uh, him to hopefully provide some goals like his dad used to do back in the day. Um, but look, best of luck to the boys. No one's expecting anything, so they can get any results here. Then, then they've, they've done themselves in their country proud. Players like, as you said, Bailey Rice, if he's played first team football, there's not going to be many boys, you know, under 17 level who have. So the experience like that could be absolutely key. But now, right. Enough, enough of this elite nonsense, Robbie. Into the real stuff, the, the stuff that, that we made our names in. Um, back to the grassroots football. On Friday night, uh, the Apostles 16s won the Scottish School's FA Shield. Scottish champs, they beat Trinity High School 2-1 at the Fogart Stadium. Two goals from Ryan Keegan, as well as a great performance from, from fellow striker Aidan Scott. But Robbie, listen to this, right? So they've won the, um, the Scottish under-16 school Scottish Cup, right? Then three days later, seven of the players that played for St Peter the Apostle were also playing for Clydebank 17s, who then won the like, boys' cup versions to the SYFA Cup final. So in three days, you've got seven boys um, who have won two Scottish titles. <laughs> that is incredible. That is absolutely unbelievable. I can't, admit, I can't even think of a player who's won two trophies in that quick succession. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's ridiculous because that's that is pretty much the equivalent of like winning the Champions League in the World Cup. I know it's obviously not the same, but like for a, a grassroots football player in Scotland, and um, for what your ceiling is, that's probably the same as winning the World Cup in the Champions League in three days. Like, <laughs> where does he even go from there? Like these boys have completed boys' club football in three days. Like what? Do you, what do you do it higher now. Like, exactly. Just just chuck it. You've you've already achieved everything. Like. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but um, hopefully the boys get a, 
a great chance to to, to celebrate because you know I'm I'm glad they're under 16s, Robbie. Because if anything like that had uh, <laughs> happened to me, trust me, the, the the celebrations would be would be lasting for weeks, and I wouldn't be in any condition to be recording a podcast. But uh, fair, fair point, those boys, um, and and get this, it could get even better because uh, St Peter the Apostle High School, they've got another cup final like tonight. I know by the time this goes out, they've already played it, I believe. But they're playing another one tonight, so those boys could have won three trophies in five days, like, two Scottish titles and then another in five days. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. how how good are these players, by the way? They must be absolute ballers. Yeah, there's got to be a few of them that are going to be looking. There's got to be a few of these boys getting looked at. Like, I'm assuming, like the SYFA Cup final, the Scottish schools. That's got to be. There's got to be scouts at these games, and if yeah. players can perform game after game in such a a short period of time. You've just got to think that they've, they've got the consistency that it takes already. Yeah, absolutely. So if there's any, if there's anyone listening to this from, I don't know, a Rangers or Celtic or... Uh, Ross County. <laughs> I was thinking teams in the west of Scotland. You've got to think of it as logically, Robbie. No one's going to want to make that they journey. Can travel, they can travel. But, no, but seriously, the, the, the boys in question, Logan Bryce, Matthew Monaghan, Max MacArthur, Ryan Cord, Joe Burns, Ryan Shields, and Michael Smith. If you're from a Rangers or Celtic, a St Mirren, Kelly, even even clubs around about that kind of Clyde Bank area, your Dumbartons, um, anyone, Lizard, anyone, get on the phone to, to phone the school reception and ask for the you know, ask for the <laughs> teachers. Be like, because because if they're winning potentially three trophies in five days, these are the real deal. Um, so well well done to those lads. Um, also congratulations. Uh, to winners yesterday and another SYFA Youth Cup finals, West Dyke. Uh, they got a 2 1 victory in Thorn Athletic with a 4 1 win. So, uh, big up to those lads um, doing, doing really well. And the mastermind behind all of this is actually uh, Scott Carson, the academy director at, at Clyde Bank, uh, Robbie. And kindly we managed to, to grab a few e words from Scott. Yeah, what an achievement um, to bring two Scottish Cups within seven days. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, credit to the coaches. Both sets of coaches are fantastic guys. Um, they've got an abundance of talent, and we've seen them um, up uh, up at the twenties on um, several occasions. So yeah, it's been a great, great achievement. Um, fair play to them. Um, the two thousand and sevens, in particular, you know, their lads have been playing for the, the the school, the local school, St Peter's, and have also had success at that level. Um, so it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and just to, to, to finish it, the two thousand and sevens were our mascots. Um, back in two thousand and seventeen, when the the ninety nine age group at Claybank won the cup. Um, so yeah, it was a fairy tale, um, fairy tale ending for for them. Um, young Jack, our captain at the time, was going round the the clubs. Uh, the teams, sorry, and uh, giving them a talk on uh, uh, what it takes to lift the Scottish Cup and to see that actually unfold um, as a dream come true. But now, also at the weekend, uh, Robbie, we had Stuart Donaldson, a man we know well, one of our reporters out at Craig Mountain versus uh, Queensbury High School. Now, it came at a half past nine a.m. kickoff. Um, what do you think happened to Stuart by three p.m.? Well, on a day a day like Saturday, there's only one thing that could happen in that. In that heat, and the poor boy got sunburned and sunstruck. <laughs> this is this is this is incredible. Sun sunburned, sunstroke. He was in his bed by three, three p.m. <laughs> you're you're barely out of bed by three p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> nah, listen, the, the, the boss might be listening. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> but uh, honestly, you said you, you would you would think. Uh, do you know I've made that mistake before? I remember doing a game last 
was it last summer up at um Donny Pace, it was the the SWF girls youth cup finals. And you get I, I feel for Stuart because when you wake up, you look outside, it's not that sunny when you're leaving the, the house eight, half eight. So you, even though it might even be sunny, it's not that hot. So you, you're kind of like, all right, I'll just, I'll get away with it. Next thing you know, it gets to kind of mid-morning, you're at a, a pitch that's, you, because you're, you're pitch side as well, like you're not under any cover. Next thing you know, you've got the lobster arms out. It's not looking good. And someone there's like myself. Nowhere to go. If you're on an open pitch, there's nowhere, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. You're yeah. stuck for the rest of the game. Yeah, so Stuart, so Stuart um, had a, had a bit of a, a stinker there, but luckily for him, he got he got to see a, a good match. Um, it was the, the Edinburgh Secondary Schools Under Thirteens FA Cup final over at Megaland. Craig Mount ran out one 0 victors uh, with a goal from Harris Stanley, uh, the father and son coaching team of Derek and Harry Matheson, who won the league and cup with the, the Fifteens last season, were victorious uh, once again. Now Did the you see the, lost, goal? The, the goal. Robbie, oh, talk, us, talk us through it, son. Delta. Just a bit of a bit, a bit of nice play down the left wing and then turn that cut back to Harris waiting at the edge of the box and he just absolutely cannoned it into the top corner. It's one of the best goals I've seen since we started doing this podcast, to be honest. I know I used to, I actually played with their coach, Harry, back in the day at Fox Yard Primary and as a striker himself. Did you actually? Yeah, no. Harry. Me and Harry. Harry was in the year above me. And Derek, so Derek used to coach the year above me's team, but uh, I was a goalkeeper, so quite often if the, the Fox covers, like if the year above me didn't have a keeper or if they were out injured, I quite often got drafted in to play for the team. I remember we played, I remember when I was in when I was in P6, both the P6s and P7s played a tournament and the P7 goalkeeper was out with conjunctivitis, I think, so I got drafted in by Derek Matheson to play for that team. Oh, we ended up winning the tournament, beat my own, beat my own team in the final. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, mate, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, snake. I, I didn't even realise. Strolled into school with my gold, gold medal around my neck. <laughs> you're, you're a horrible man. Listen, well, it's, it's, it's clear to see where, um, where, where young Harris was able to get his, um, his, his striking ability from. Clearly, the, 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 the coaching of Derek and Harry has, has come through. Um, so yeah, I think that they've only lost three games all, all season this year. Harris Laurie was was playing as the grandson of Cremant legend Bob Laurie, um, but yeah, Derek Derek and Harry Madsen, who you know well, Robbie, with a masterminds behind this, and we can hear a few words from them now. Plan was play the four three three, keep possession how we want to play, uh, move the ball quickly and get the ball forwards quickly. I didn't think we had our best game. Um, like maybe nerves. I think we were playing nervous, and that maybe that reflected in. And the boys as well, but uh, overall, I think we deserved it. Queens Fair, that was a that was the toughest game we've had yet against them. That's four times yeah, we played, they, and that was the toughest they, one we've had. Yeah, they played well. I think what I said to the boys at the end was their, their fight, their determination. They've been really good all season, so it's just tremendous that they've managed to get a wee, wee win today. So they thoroughly deserved it. I thought I thought we were the better team over the the game, but Queens Fair were very dangerous. They're also through to the final of the under 13s plate final, which will be up. Very soon, so best of luck to the boys from Craig Mount and that as they look to try and make it um, a, a double uh, with, with the play and FA Cup finals in Edinburgh. Just before we get into our uh, our, our main topic with, with Mick McGon, I just want to bring something to, uh, to your attention. Um, I'm, I'm sure quite a few of you have heard of the sad passing of uh, young Andrew McKinnon, um, young Hearts fan from Edinburgh, unfortunately passed away 
um, whilst playing football um, recently. His dad has set up a foundation uh, in his memory to help underprivileged kids be able to play football. So um, if you want to donate to this page, which I highly recommend you, you do if, if you have if you are able to do so, um, then head over to, to GoFundMe. You can look for the GoFundMe page um, and, and look for the Andrew McKinnon Football Foundation. Um, fantastic cause. And we would strongly recommend any listeners um, who, who have the funds available to do so um, to, to, to go and donate to that a fantastic cause. Um, Robbie, I'm also delighted to say that we've got um, a first of two very special guests on this evening. We've got Mick McGlynn, um, who is here to talk to us about some protests surrounding the, the facility and pitch prices in South Lanarkshire Council. Um, Mick, I believe you're a, a trustee of, of Blantyre Soccer Academy and unfortunately you've had, you've had to deal with this um, with this mess going on with, with the council just now, can you just try enlighten us? And for those that don't know what's what's going on, tell us about about the situation in, in your council ward. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Thank you very much for the opportunity to come along tonight. Firstly, the council have imposed a hundred and fourteen percent increase in children's football without any notification to the clubs, to the teams, the members, without any consultation whatsoever. So we we've been stuck with this situation of the council not being able to uh, run the facilities as competently as they should, and the children are paying the consequences of that. They're bearing the implications. In the council plan, it tells us that the children should be have access to affordable, accessible facilities. The council are now currently closing football parks down. The Jockstein Sports Facility in Hill House, named after the great man himself, is closed at weekends. The children cannot play football in a facility named after their greatest manager. So it's an, an absolute outrage. And I feel that the coaching staff, who are probably the greatest volunteers in South Lanarkshire, the biggest volume of volunteers in the voluntary section in South Lanarkshire, are not being treated, treated with respect. And the children's wishes are being uh, overturned by politicians and senior officials. More importantly than that, the children themselves have had a, a desperate time through COVID, their lack, lack of contact with their friends and family members. They're facing a financial crisis just now with their parents in terms of fuel and food and things like this, and they don't need any more stress. They don't need any more pressure. They need politicians to stand up for them. These are kids who don't vote, who can't vote, can't drive, don't have any voice really in terms of local politics, national politics. They need people to come forward and give them a help. That's all we're asking for. Yeah, and, and how can people help, Mick? Because I understand you've um there's a series of, of protests going on just now, but from from, from hearing um what you've got to say, I'm sure we'll have plenty of listeners who want to try and help you guys out. So how, how can people get involved and, and, and help? What the situation in, in South Lanarkshire just now? Well, firstly, the Blantyre Community Council, which is an independent organisation, has got a petition going just now. So that's 8,000, over 8,000 people have signed the petition. Clearly, nobody I've met come across has said, well, 114%. That seems quite reasonable. The clubs are rolling about money. So that's the first thing. You can actually go online, sign the petition, help us out there. But they can also contact politicians, senior officials, like we're doing. We've wrote to the council leader, I think it was the 5th of April, still waiting for a reply. 
obviously doesn't have the same sort of uh, technology we have. You know, his internet might be down or something like that. <laughs> uh, he is not responding to any any contact, so it's not good enough. We, as I said, some of the areas these coaches deal with are areas of real multiple deprivation. And some of the figures I can give you, rather than Central West, in Scotland, it rates 214th on the register for deprivation. In South Lanarkshire, it's 11th. And we go through multiple ones, Cathkin East, High Blanter South East, 71 in South Lanarkshire and Poverty, Hamilton, the Glebe. These are areas which these councillors represent and need to take cognizance of what coaching is. In terms of football, I've always found it quite hard to believe this. Football is probably the least thing that coaches do. They're educators. The, the, the function on physical health, mental health, they create great citizens. They develop teamwork. They provide opportunity for kids to do better things. So the football might be why they're there, but their life changes when they're involved in grassroots football. So it's not just about, you know, uh, can teams pay a bit more for facilities? It's, this, is a, this is a major, major social distraction just now. It's social disruption, what's happening with South Lanarkshire. We are paying for their incompetence over the years. And currently, as the facilities, we're asked to pay more. We're actually getting a decrease in product because you need to bring your own pegs. You need to pop your own nets. They don't do that anymore. So you're actually having to do more, pay more, do more for less of a product. So they can get contact councillors. There's a meeting tomorrow of South Lancashire Council. The politicians, some politicians are trying to overturn the decision and hopefully common sense will prevail. We're not saying there should be increases, but 114%. It's just unachievable. And it's not just, you know, football clubs. It's for dance clubs, karate, judo, dancing. It's right across the board. So they're shutting halls, overcharging kids playing football and indeed producing a, a, an inferior product. And in terms of football facilities, most clubs are hostages because they don't have their own facilities. They don't have their own space. They're tied to the local authority or the ledger trusts, wherever you might be. You take what you're given. And I think that's not good enough anymore. There needs to be a, 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 a recognition that something needs to change. And there needs to be investment. There needs to be more competent people running the facilities. Yeah, 114% seems absolutely crazy. Can you try and kind of quantify that for the response? How much would, would someone have to pay for the rental of, a, of an AstroTurf pitch at the weekend, if there is a, even is one that's available? Well, in terms of South Lanarkshire, there were figures out saying it's £75, which was incorrect. So the clubs have to pay £75. On top of that, referees' fees are going up. So there's other fees go up as they try and do And they actually had a... When they developed the policy, they actually blamed the clubs within the council paper. The clubs were not passing the charges on to the, the, the savings on to the kids. So they actually came up with this perverse mechanism that the clubs are getting the money from the you know their members, the players, then keeping the money, 
and not and, and not actually investing in the in the in the teams. It was quite quite strange. It came from somebody obviously who had no knowledge or understanding of how grassroots football operates. It, on, it operates through local businesses help out. Somebody who've got a community interest. Somebody spending valuable time of their own. So they've obviously no perception of what's happening. Is it the charge? Nobody can afford the hundred percent. And 14% increase in anything, let's be quite honest. All we're saying is, come and talk to us. The council leader has decided that he doesn't want to do so. Politicians are hiding. Don't want, they, they came to the conclusion they didn't understand what the paper meant because it, what they did, and Ram telling you charges, the point we're making, uh, Adam, the total people percentages. So the discount would go from 50% to 25, but they didn't tell them what that meant in terms of money. So that that's the sort of you know duplicity that we've been involved with, and we're hoping that common sense prevails. All we're saying is come and talk to us, as you can. Well, the football teams, they're the most reasonable people. They don't cause any aggravation for you know the the, the staff. They don't cause any aggravation for politicians throughout the whole year. All we just want to do is to make sure that the kids under their charge are actually well looked after. Yeah, Mick, we, we, really, yeah, we really hope that the, the, the council officials and, and politicians um, will <laughs> get back to common sense and, and sort this situation out. But, Mick, if it doesn't happen, can you kind of provide an insight or what do you foresee happening to, to these kids in, in, in the long term if this situation isn't sorted or is allowed to continue in the, in the way it is? What, is going to, what impact is that going to have on the kids and the community? Well, there's two options. Firstly, the clubs are either going to fold or they're going to try and raise money by other means. So they're going to try and raise money in their community, that, you know, which is under severe pressure as it is. They're going to try and raise more money in order to try and keep the funds, the costs to the children as low as possible. They already do that. So it's a, it's a myth created by the council that the clubs are rolling about in huge sums of money and not passing any savings on to kids. So they're either going to fold they're going to find either even more creative ways of getting businesses involved or whatever. But we shouldn't really need to do that. This is our national sport we're talking about. It should have the support of organisations like the SFA. It should Councils should be desperate to invest in facilities to make sure that we've got the greatest footballers in the world. It might not happen overnight, but other countries do so. They go out their way and support sport because it has other benefits. The other benefits I work in the NHS as well. The benefits they have about health, you know, producing fit, fit people. So therefore, the pressure in the NHS is lessened. So we've got a, we've got the social, you know, not just a social cause and not just a sporting cause. We're actually talking about the health of the nation as well. And as I said, if politicians go ahead with this, clubs will fold and that and it'll be a, a larger impact on some of these deprivation figures will increase. And Mick, just a, a final one for me before before I let you go. Um could you provide a a message if you like to potentially a a politician or a council official who, who may be listening to this if this is able to get back to them, what would you like to tell them? Well, the, the message is, is that the, the plan they put in place was done without any consultation. We are very, very reasonable people. 
is that we have a, a whole grouping of clubs joined together, working to working to actually work with council. We're desperate to help them. We are willing to pay a bit more for the facilities, despite the fact that they're becoming less. So our message is: our kids don't deserve this. Come and talk to us. As simple as that. We're not we're not ogres. The, the football facilities teams, as you know don't have any real contact with politicians. All they want to do is run their teams, go to the training Tuesday, Thursday, play their game on Saturday, make sure the kids are all safe, safely home and job done. They don't want to be involved in the world of politics. They want to be just about their business and play the game and train the game they love. Simple as that. Yeah, Mick, we really hope this, this situation is, is resolved. And I just say, common sense prevails. If anyone wants to, uh, to to get in touch and help out um, this campaign, there's been a, a new Twitter page, I believe, set up. Um, yes, it's it's uh, SLC Grassroots Football, if you search for that um, on Twitter. Is there a, a link there to the... Um, to the petition. The peti petition it's on, yes, it's, it's the petitions on there. Or if it's not, I will do it in the next couple of seconds. If it's not, yeah, okay. Yeah. So if, if anyone wants to get to get in touch and, and help out this fantastic cause, make sure um, to head over to Twitter and look up SLC Grassroots Football, and from there you should be able to have access to the petition as well. Mick, thank you very much for your time, and fingers crossed this all gets sorted. Right, gents, thanks very much for your time and help. Perfect. Thanks. Thank Mike. you. Cheers. Bye. -bye. Yeah, great to hear from uh, Mick McGlynn. Fantastic cause, as as I said. If you'd if you'd like to get in touch, head over to the Twitter page SLC Grassroots Football. Um, but another champion of, of grassroots football and a man who's been doing so much for for football and for education up and down the country. As as Brad Roder from Future Pro USA, I'm delighted to say we've got Brad with us. Um, Brad, of course the. Um, the, the main man behind everything going on at Future Pro USA, providing scholarships and education opportunities for, for pro promising and talented young footballers all across the UK. Brad, just tell us f uh, firstly a little bit about who you are for, the, for those that don't know and, and what you do at Future Pro USA. In, in a nutshell, we are, we're a company that helps players make their move over to, uh, uh, to colleges in, in the States on soccer scholarships. Um, I've been doing this myself now for, uh, for five years. Uh, coming up to my uh, to my fifth year, and every single year we're fortunate enough to to help more and more players from not just from Scotland, but from down south in England, from all across the UK, from from all across the world actually, uh, help make their move over to uh, over to the states. And and our job is really to simplify what is can be what what can be a, a, a complicated process. Obviously, for for people that have never done this before, I'm sure that plenty of people. Um, more so than ever probably know what soccer scholarships in, in the US is, is generally about. I think most players, uh, particularly ones that you know, maybe don't make the grade here in the UK, probably think of it as something that's a potential pathway for them, but maybe they don't understand how to go about it. And that's where, where people like us come in, where we're able to help and, and like I say, simplify that process for, uh, for, for the players and for their families. Yeah, Brad, I, I like that point you made at the end there, because this is kind of like a a double-pronged um, activity, if you like, because some players may see it as a pathway to continue um, football or playing at a high level and, and try and get back into the professional game. But another important aspect of it is these players are, are getting educations that, that kids in America would pay tens of thousands of dollars for. And really, they're, they're coming out the, the end of it as, as, as better educated, better people and better football players. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that when when I look back into sort of my journey when I went out to the states, I 
I didn't get anything here in the UK. Um, I was with Mansfield Town, uh, my boyhood club, for a long time throughout my youth. But unfortunately, didn't make it uh, make it into the next level, which I was gutted about. But I think that what the US did for me is exactly like you said there. Not only did it give me an opportunity to carry on playing my football at a high level, to carry on giving me an opportunity to uh, to potentially go to the next step if I was good enough also gave me that opportunity to, to study for a degree as well. Um, you know, to, to get your college degree, your, your university undergraduate degree, um, it's, it's unmatched anywhere else in the world that, that I'm aware of. I think that's, that's probably the biggest benefit, really, because I think that, especially from a parent's perspective as well, you know, of course, if you're looking at it from a, a perspective of, you know, I hope my, my young lad or, or my, my young daughter goes and gets to the next level in the game, that's brilliant, but what if they don't? what's the backup plan and obviously that backup plan you are working on continuously alongside working for that what might be your main goal which might be to go and progress in the game so it's uh, like i say for, for me it's it's the best system in the world for, uh, for giving you an opportunity to potentially get to that next level if you're good enough to do so but also giving you an opportunity to to, to get that degree in your pocket as well yeah absolutely love that one because we'll have we will have parents watching this as well who will, will, will maybe think like oh, my kid wants to be a footballer. I, th- I think I think they're going to make it. They're going to have a, a good opportunity. But as as you said, Brad, what what if they don't? And if, and, and through this this process, you, you do have that opportunity to have that that backup of of, of a full college degree. Well, let's, let's hear from you, the main man. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your own football and background prior to getting involved with with Future Pro USA? Well, started off at Murison United. I played like my whole time there. Um, didn't really look to go anywhere else. Didn't really have plans on going anywhere else. Um, you know, I was there from like the age of eight to probably eighteen. You know, uh, my dad was the coach as well, so you know, I always made me want to just keep going, keep going further, and try to just continue to play as much as I can. Even when I got to the stage of where kids kind of drop out at the age of like 17, 18 because they want to focus on work and uni and stuff like that. I kind of just kept going. Um, my dad got an email one day from Youth Football Scotland about a trial. I went along one Friday and then, passed, you know, you do all these technical technical tasks and then you do some 20-minute, 30-minute, uh, like 11 v 11 games and then managed to pass the trial day and then it's kind of been like a an easy process from there, you know, like with the help of Brad and all the other people at Future Pro, it's, it makes it easy to do. Um, so yeah, started off in Muriston, ended up coming to America, been here for two and a half years, coming on three now. Um, was at a junior college in Iowa called North Iowa Area Community College for two and a half years. Um, was lucky enough to kind of be a star for all three seasons I was there. Um, obviously COVID gift, gifted me an extra season so I took advantage of that and then became captain my last season which was you know quite an honour just like because I was surrounded by so many good players and good leaders you know to be recognised by other people that you know I could be a leader and kind of encourage the team you know it's a good honour and then coming here to Hastings in Nebraska um, it's, it's a great programme I came here because there's a lot of history from it you know, they've won several national championships. They won their conference every season. They go to the national championship every season. So it was kind of like an easy decision when they came forward. I was like, it's a, like, it's a good place for me to go and kind of just do the best I can. And there's a great opportunity to come from it as well. Uh, the coaches here have played here, played in the same conference. They've got um, 
great connections for you know if you want to play summer league that's another great opportunity that you can do it here as well uh, and it's something i'm looking looking to do eventually as well so yeah that's kind of my football and background a wee bit yeah was what has this done for your life as a whole because well we, we know how successful you've been on on the pitch and now getting getting that move to to, to hastings where uh, one of the top four-year colleges in, in in the states, but but off but off the field, I'm sure you've had plenty of amazing experiences as well. But all because of this this football program. Oh, for sure. You know, like so, coming from like anyone that comes over here, you're like you're leaving your friends, your family, and it's like a big difference. And your first two weeks will be a huge culture shock. Like there's no there's no doubt about it. Like, but if you like put the effort and into making friends and whatnot, like it's plain sailing like you've got a great like you'll be family with your team forever once you even you even you leave like your first college if you do two colleges or three colleges every college you go to you end up becoming friends friends for life with people there um i've became more independent because i don't have my mom and dad to rely on you know i need to i need to live myself i need to do like you know laundry and now, because I don't stay on campus, I stay in my own house with a few other boys in the team. You know, like you're a lot more independent because of that as well. Like you you kind of just do everything for yourself. And how's the food? Are you a good chef, Liz? I can't say I am. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm oh, glad you can't teach him everything. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was always gonna be one thing that was never gonna change. It was definitely gonna be that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Domino's is the way to go for me. Must <laughs> be an athlete. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure your coach wouldn't want to hear that. But, but what's, what's what's next for you then? Because you're obviously now uh, at Hastings. But what's the kind of end goal in this in this football journey for you? What do you, what do you, what would you like to achieve? I mean, I feel anyone that is still playing football or anyone that does play football, the the goal is to go as far as you can, and that is the goal for me. I want to go as far as I can, see what I can achieve in the game. If not, I've always said I want to still be involved in it. Um, I'm currently getting my like a business degree, and I might be getting a minor as well in some some sport and background degree. So I'm, if that works out, but the playing side doesn't, you know, I might try to set up like my own coaching business or start going into coaching. It's something I want to do because, as I said, I want to stay within the game. But I've got two seasons here, and so I've still got you know my whole time here left, and just try to make the most of it. And then if I end up staying in the States, I stay in the States. Uh, I know a few people who have who are graduating this year from the college who have got stuff lined up, um, which is something, you know, I want to do. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to make the most of it, play as well as I can, hopefully bring this college some more success and then see where it goes from there job-wise, you know. As I said, if it goes to coaching, it goes to coaching. If I have the chance to play, that's great. So, yeah. Lewis, I've got the, the all-important question I have to ask you. Scottish gaffs or American trap parties? Which are better? Scottish gaffs. All day. <laughs> all day. I'm not, I'm not trying to listen to, to like Miley Cyrus party in the USA every weekend. I'm not trying to listen to that. <laughs> so, super. Baby. Brad, I want to bring you back in because Lewis's, Lewis's story is a great one. He played for Euroson United for over, over 10 years. Dad was the coach, I'm sure. But lots of kids listening to that who are in similar positions. Lewis wasn't involved in a pro UF setup, wasn't involved in Club Academy Scotland, but was still able to, after such a long time of playing boys' club, make a, a great career for himself over in the States as well as getting an education. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that I've, I've, over the five years that I've been involved in, in on this side of the table, if you like, I've been trying to convey the message that ultimately, you know, they, if you are good enough, that there is a pathway, you know, it used to be, and, and I think that most people that were involved in, in college soccer, maybe 10 years ago, which was when I first went over to the States, uh, maybe it was a little bit more exclusive. Maybe it was, maybe, you know, your, uh, your pro youth boys, maybe it was your, you know, your academy players down, down south, down here, um, that maybe were the ones to, to go over to the States. But now, you know, the level of football in, in the UK in general, you know, not just down south, but up in Scotland, everywhere that I see across the UK, the level has just gone gone like that um, and as a result you know it doesn't really matter who you're playing for it doesn't matter whether you're playing in the grassroots game it doesn't matter whether you're playing uh, as, a, as a pro youth player as an academy scholar if you're good enough there there is an opportunity potentially for you to to make that move over there and that's the biggest part about what we do we want to put ourselves in a position and put players um, that we work with in a position where we can we can evaluate them honestly um, and if we can help them to go over to the states we want to be able to be honest with them we want to tell them exactly what it is that they're potentially um, you know capable of achieving and I think that's the biggest thing for us is breaking down that barrier, breaking down um, what it was before of, you know, there's only a certain type of player. And if you play at, at this level, that's the only way you're going to get in. You know, we want to look at players as individuals, use our experience um, to, to be able to, like I say, give those players and their families the, um, the, the, the honest um, sort of assessment on whether they can play in the college game, first and foremost, but also as well if they are going to be able to go and play. And if we can help them, how we're going to be able to help them and what that might look like. Lewis is still in the process just now, but have you had any uh, any kids who are now at the end of, of the process, any examples of, of where players have, have gone on and played, whether that be in, in the UK or, or over in the States? Anyone that would, do you think is a shining example? Yeah, so to, to be honest, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going into my fifth year now, so the, 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 the first class of players that, that I work with um, are all starting to graduate at, at this point now. So there's a couple that I'd like to keep uh, keep my eye on. Uh, we've got Owen Marshall, who's a lad from uh, from York, who's been playing, uh, who's been playing at Wingate University, which is a top D2 program, NCAA Division Two program. Um, he could well be one that could go on and uh, play at the next level. Uh, Mason Butcher as well, NCAA Division One, Longwood University. Um, he's he's going to be playing summer league again this year. He seems to be making all the right noises and uh, and his performances are turning a few heads. So um, he's another one. Joe McKinnis, um, who's uh, who was most recently at North Georgia University, um, another junior college product, went to the, into the junior college game, was a, a NJCAA All American at East Central College, um, just as, as natural a goal scorer as, as I've seen. To be honest, um, I'd like to think that he's going to have some opportunities if he can uh, continue to uh, to do what he's been doing as well. So it, there's there's lots of examples of players who 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 hopefully off the back of their performances could potentially find their way into uh, into the next level. We always tell people, and I actually had this opportunity uh, to, uh, this chat with. Um, a, a group of players uh, just this weekend at one of the trial days uh, that we held down in England um, at the University of Derby. I always say to, to players that are looking to go over there, there's not many better um, environments in the world that, that give you an opportunity to, if you are good enough, be seen. Um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people in, in the UK who maybe think of um, you know, someone that's missed out or you know, maybe slipped through the cracks or something like that from you know, a teams and maybe weren't given that opportunity and that looking to go and play at the next level where you know, their peers or or, or other spectators might be thinking, you know, they were the ones that I thought were going to make it, but never did. In the States, it's a little bit different because the, these MLS teams and the USL, uh, USL teams, they are recruiting directly from the college game. If you are, if you are 
you know, doing the numbers. If you are playing well and you're making the noise, as we as we like to say, there is an opportunity there. It doesn't matter where you are and where you start on the ladder. It doesn't matter what college you're at. If, if you are playing well and you are, like I said, making that noise um, and almost being too good to be ignored, there are going to be those opportunities there. But like I said before, Adam, you know, bringing it back to what it is all about, you know, ultimately you might be there to progress your football career um, as, as far as you can. And, 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 you know, I would never tell anyone to, uh, to, to be any, any less focused on that if that is what they want to do. But ultimately, you do have that sort of that, that safety net, if you want to call it that, of that, of that degree, in your pocket at the same time. So, 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 many, so, so many positives about it. So many positives. It's, it's a big reason of why I'm so passionate about being able to head up the soccer department here because it's, it's something that I've experienced first time myself. Lewis, this is a huge decision for people to make at, at your age. I'm going to move away to, to the America, move away from my family, move away from my parents. You've done it. You've reaped the rewards of it. You're doing it also well. What would you say to someone who has got the ability to move over there, but maybe second-guessing second themselves about, about that other aspect of it, having to move away from home? What would you say to someone that's maybe caught in two minds? For me, it was just take, like, don't be scared to take the opportunity or take that leap because you know, when you get to the age of when you start university or college over here, like you're 18, sometimes 17, like depending on when you are. And there's people who come over here who are like 20, like it doesn't always have to be 18 years old. And for us, or for me especially, you know, I got to the stage of where, as I said, I'd played for, played from Euston for 10 years. You know, we got to the point where boys started dropping out because of uni, they weren't, able to come in or they weren't able to come training every day come games every day and i was like i still want to continue my football this is a great opportunity for me to do it so if you if you like take the opportunity and come out you're surrounded by so many people who are in the same situation situation as you who have you know left their families and their friends came out here and just tried to you know chase their dreams or what they want to do um for me, I'd just be a hundred percent case of just go for it. You know, don't be scared about it. You know, um, when I got my first my first offer, I remember it. I was in high school, I was in the middle of class. I got a phone call. I was like, "Listen, I need to take this." Felt like I felt like quite big in that, you know. But and then, <laughs> and then, and then that's such a flex. I can see you in the middle of. It. Yeah, I was like, "What a job to take here!" And then, um, you know, I got the first call, and not that I was hesitant, but I was like, you know. Do I want to do this? Is this what I want to do? And then I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's just go for it because, you know, you, I've been through the whole process. I've been in the trial days, you know. I've signed on as a client to Future Pro. And, and again, going back to Future Pro, they're great with the whole process as well. You know, they help they help make your decision. They help, they, make, they help you be reassured, you know, that you're going to be okay, that you're not going to be alone, you know. So I think the biggest thing for people who... Are a bit skeptical, skeptical about going over is the fact that they might feel alone, but that's not that's not the case at all. For me, it's just go for it, enjoy it, and there's no way you won't enjoy it. Like everything that like it has to offer, the facilities, the teams, the coaches, the abilities that you're playing against. Like I've played against some top players, and um, one of the boys I played against my freshman year just got drafted in the MOS draft this year. So, like, uh, you play against some top, top talent. And, you know, if you think that you're good enough or you think this is the right opportunity for you to go do it, do it 100%. Like, I can't encourage it enough because 
it's changed it's changed my life it's i've grown as a person a player i can actually use my right foot now you know it's <laughs> yeah but really honestly just if you want to go for it go for it because you won't regret it like no oh, regrets at all listen lewis i think you've inspired me i i, I might dust off the boots and, and get myself down to one of the next trial days in edinburgh for, for <laughs> brad for, for for people who are listening to this and are inspired like me by by lewis's words how, how can they get involved you know you've run it's about 50 trial events or something across scotland and um, we've been working with you guys since 2017 a long time there's, there's there's lots of trial events if people are listening to this and you know what that's a bit of me how do they get involved yeah so the, the first thing they would need to do would be to, to sign up to a trial day that, that they want to attend like you said we, we run we run trial days uh, frequently throughout the year we try and hit different locations to make sure that there is one close by to you wherever you're listening whether you're whether you're up in Aberdeen or whether you're uh, you know whether you're in the central belt wherever you know we, we do try and, and hit as many locations as we, as we possibly can uh, throughout the year uh, we, we're in Scotland four or five times a year over the course of a weekend. So we run a Friday trial day and we run a Sunday trial day as well, again, in different locations. Um, the next ones we've got coming up for the boys, um, it's going to be on the 16th of June. That's going to be in Edinburgh. That's going to be um, a 9 a.m. start, um, last about four hours, finishing up about one o'clock. That's at Ainsley Park. And then on the Sunday, on the 18th, it's going to be in Forfa. Uh, that's going to be at Station Park, um, at, the, at the ground there. Um, and for the uh, for the girls, we're looking at adding some new trial days um, in the next couple of weeks. We've just got a few things to sort out with the venues um, for, for our upcoming events. We want to get a few events set in stone so um, so people can uh, uh, can get their plans in order if they uh, if they want to attend. But those are the dates. The thing to do from there would be. One or two things you can either go to uh, our website, which is futureprousa.com, go to the soccer trial section, and um, all the dates that we have available wherever they are in the country, uh, they're all there, and it's really easy. It's just a case of clicking a button and putting a few details in, um, and uh, and away your application goes. Same thing on the YFS website as well. If you want to youth football scotland's website there'll be a section for, for our trial days on there as well exact same process just select which trial it is you're interested in attending send your details away and then what will happen then as soon as we receive your application we'll review it uh, we'll then reach out to you probably for some more information as well we want to learn a little bit more about you as a player as a person uh want to find out uh, your academic situation as well and assess that side of things um and then once we've got all the information that we that we need that's when we can confirm a player's place on the trial. Smash it. And Brad, who, who can get involved um, in, in this? What, what what sort of age do you need to be? Um, where, where do you need to, to be from? What, who, does this, who does this apply to? So in terms of the earliest age to, to apply, realistically, the earliest you could apply would probably be when you're in escort. That that is the uh, uh, that's that's what you're looking what we're looking at in terms of um, sort of ideal age to, to start the process. Uh, once you've got your national five grades, we're in, we we can we, we can really assess you from an academic perspective, um, and then ultimately it's it's about when when you've been in education for uh, until and and stuff like that. So I'd say the start point would be um, as an S four student. That would be probably the, the the best part part in terms of the earliest part that you can start. Any room for myself at an overweight, unfit, 21 years of age? Hey, don't worry about it, mate. We can sort something out for you. Don't you worry. I've got the I've got the grades, Brad, but not the football and ability. I've absolutely got none of that. We're not miracle workers, mate, but don't worry. I'll sort something out for you, Adam. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've got, I've got it. You're going to need more than a miracle to, to sort my career out, <laughs> maybe, Brad. But, but listen, for, for anyone that seriously would like to get involved in this, you've heard from Lewis, you've heard from Brad, if, if you're thinking about it, 
go along to one of the trial events, see what it's all about. You can sign up on our website, HTTPS, colon, forward slash, forward slash, yourfootballscotland.co.uk, forward slash, USA scholarships. Listen, we've heard how amazing this is from those who run it, from those who have played in it. I've been to the trial events. They're fantastic. The standard on, on display is brilliant. Um, the kids all love it. If you want if you want to get involved, just go for it. As Lewis says, just go for it. It'll change your life forever. Um, and if it doesn't work out in football-wise, we've got a degree. So what's, what's not to love about it? To, to Brad and to Lewis for joining us, lads, thank you very much for taking the time out your, your busy schedules. Um, Brad, I'll see you again soon. But Lewis, all the best. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you on, on the telly very soon, mate. Hope so. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Tom Adam. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Great to hear from Brad and from Lewis. Um, as as ever, boys doing fantastic work at Future Pro USA. Uh, USA, sorry. Best of luck um, to Brad and, and all of the guys um, over there at Future Pro. Also, got a wish. Best of luck to Lewis, a promising um, young football player doing fantastic work over in the states, continuing. Um, the, the, the great work of everyone that's gone before him and hopefully we can get a, a Scottish star in the MLS very, very soon. Um, for this week's episode, for episode five, that's all from myself and from Robin McDonald. It's been fantastic to hear from, from Mick McGlynn, from Brad Rodder, from Lewis as well um, over in America in addition to going through all of the grassroots games. And Robbie, before we go, I can tell you that St Peter the Apostle have done the treble in five no days. I've just had, yeah, just had word through just now um, that they managed to, to win their, their final match um, t- tonight on penalties to each. Goes to Penn, so that's now three trophies in five days um, for seven of those players, two of them being national titles. So, so congrats again to those boys and to everyone um, lifting trophies during this cup final season um, as it still motors on. I was going to say it comes to a close, but absolutely not. There's still probably another um, three or four weeks to go of, of this manic time for uh, grassroots youth football um, so once again thank you to all of our guests for joining us and don't miss it we'll be back next Wednesday as always every Wednesday with episode 6 of the Youth Football Podcast <laughs> <laughs>